I have such a treat for you guys today. We are welcoming Jesse Aredia from Mom Empowered to the show. Now, you may have already noticed how long this episode is. Yes, girl, we had a good time. And when I was editing the show, I couldn't bring myself to cut any of it. So just buckle up. It's worth the listen. Jesse and I are diving deep into our marriages and what it actually takes to change the trajectory of our marriage, more specifically changing our thoughts about ourselves and about our husbands and working on ourselves and our fulfillment within our motherhood and our overall lives that will then help us to really work on our marriages and change the way we look at our husbands. We talk about it all. We get real. We have a good time. There's tons of laughter and you are seriously in for a good slash informative time. I'm super excited to bless you with this episode. So I don't want to have a a long intro because as you know, the episode is going to speak for itself. So without further ado, let's welcome Jesse to the show. Welcome to Meant for This with Caroline J. Sumlin, a podcast for the modern Christian mama who wants to redefine the current narrative and unapologetically show up for what she's been called to in the home, community, marketplace, and the world in that order. Here, you will find tools, resources, education, and inspiration that will help you break free from burnout, get focused, live on purpose, and manage it all with grit and grace, because you are meant for this life that God has called you to. Hey, Jesse, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Again, because you've Again. you've been on before, right? Yes, yes. and you have Sorry. been on show yes. too. I don't know why. I just completely was like, wait a second. Because we, we've done so many podcast interviews. I'm like, wait a minute. I've been on yours. You've been, how many, who was on? It's at the point now where we're just, you're a regular. At this point. Yeah. Well, also, uh, you were a guest expert in my coaching program. I've been a guest expert in MMA. So. That's so true. That, that's what it is as well. Yes. We just. We're, we're here. We're here because we're on such the same mission, which I think is, is beautiful. And it's so, it's so apparent that God has a message and a mission for mothers because he has planted so, so like so much of his mission into so many of us that are in this industry that are championing, championing, that's a word, um, women and mothers of faith to really take back their lives and, you know, become empowered and equipped to live the life that God has called them to. And I love your mission and message so much. So I would love for you to just, for those that don't know who you are, maybe some of my listeners have never heard of you, which they totally should, by the way, you're going to go follow her. You're going to fall in love, but please tell us who you are. Tell us how you got to the the mom that you talk about on your social media channels that who you were the angry mom the frustrated mom all the way to being an empowerment coach for moms and championing cha- I can't I'm going to stop saying that word actually <laughs> championing empowering them to become empowered moms and to take back their lives their motherhood their marriages which is what we're here to talk about today so introduce yourself tell us all about you yeah. Okay. So I'm Jesse Aredia. 
Um, me and my husband live in Atlanta uh, with our three girls. I hesitated because I almost had to like count for a second. Yes, because <laughs> you had a new baby. And is it bad I that know. when you said Atlanta, I want to say ATO? Okay, I'm done. ATO, Atlanta. Hey. <laughs> um, yeah, so we have three girls. Um, we have a four-year-old, two-and-a-half-year-old, and a itty-bitty almost two-month-old. So we're like in it. We're in the thick of it. Yes. Um, and I am an empowerment coach, coach for Christian moms, which means that I coach moms on how to feel more confident and healthy and just full of joy and like they're thriving in all areas of their lives. So their relationships, um, their motherhood journeys, their their businesses, even um, their faith, um, their health. I, I, my mission is to really help moms just feel so incredibly infused with the power of God and the authority that He gives us that nothing stops them from experiencing that abundant life that Jesus promises them. Mm, that yeah. is so good. Yeah, that is so, so that, good. Yeah, so that that's that's my mission. That's my goal. And as far as like my story of how I got from A to L, like let's not say Z because you know we're all in process. How I got from A to L, baby, <laughs> um, is just I mean, really, when I became a mom, it was like I got slapped in the face with so many harsh realities that I did not really want to accept about myself, like that I have a hard time giving up control. I have a really tough time being out of control. I had the highest hopes for what kind of mom and what kind of wife I would be. And very quickly, it was like, Ooh, girl, you've got some stuff you need to work on. Um, so when I first became a mom, um, I actually experienced what is now called postpartum rage. Um, at the time, I did not know that that's what that was, but it's basically an offshoot of postpartum anxiety to where your, your hormones are so out of whack. You know, everything is just all that's happening in your body. Is so imbalanced. Um, and, and your anxiety as a new mom becomes so heightened that it kind of manifests as anger, but to a whole, whole new degree than maybe you've experienced before. I didn't realize that there was a name for it, but I quickly knew that something was wrong when I had a newborn. I had all the reason in the world to be so happy with my life. I mean, my husband was great. He was so helpful. And, you know, my, my baby was so sweet and so just amazing. And yet I would have these like like these fits of blind rage where I just, the littlest thing could spark this spiral of me throwing and yelling and breaking things and cussing and screaming and almost to like where I felt almost feral at some point. Like I, like it was like an animal was coming out of me. And it took me a really long time to really tell a single person about it because I thought like, this is, this could be dangerous for me. Like, what if I were to start sharing what I'm experiencing and then it becomes known that I'm not fit as a mom or then all of a sudden I get labeled as being abusive, which in a way toward my husband, I was being abusive, you know, like I, I was not treating him at all. Well, I was manipulative. I was emotionally abusing him. And, and, and like I said, I didn't tell a single soul because there was a lot of shame that I felt in that time. And it wasn't until my second daughter was born 
And it was like, okay, like we're going through this all over again. Like for a little minute there, it was almost like, okay, like I feel a little bit more normal, you know, like a little bit, you know, better. But then my second daughter was born. The whole thing just started all over again. And this was the point where I'm like, enough. Like, I, I can't do this battle by myself anymore. It's just, it's really lonely and it's scary. And I actually am starting to be afraid of who I'm going to turn out to be if I don't get some sort of support for this. So I ended up going to counseling. I ended up starting to talk to my friends about it. Friends who like, you know, like we had been close this whole entire time. And yet somehow I still did not feel comfortable enough to share. But once I did, I realized like, wow, like this is a really common thing, not just necessarily postpartum rage, but just this, this idea that the feeling of being out of control, the anxiety of powerlessness, that feeling of powerlessness can lead to so much anger and so many other emotions. And if only we would handle the root of the anxiety, like the root of that feeling of like, I'm powerless, I'm helpless, I don't have any authority, I don't have freedom. If we would just deal with that, then a lot of the other stuff, including anger and rage would be resolved as well. So that was something that I had to learn for myself the hard way, you know, like walking through that scary journey. But once I did, it just became, it was almost like a light bulb went off my head where I'm like, oh, like this could actually really change women's lives. If this was just something that they had another person to walk with them and work through them with, if that makes sense. So, so that's, that, that I guess is like a, my story in a nutshell of how I got to be where I am today. Yeah. Wow. Oh my goodness. I can relate to pretty much everything that you shared and I'll, I'll actually be really transparent and, and let you know that it wasn't until you shared postpartum rage that I started Googling, do I have postpartum rage thinking? Cause I, cause to be and it's, it's, I've never gotten to the point of like throwing things, but I can go from zero to snap in a heartbeat. And I mean, granted right now I'm, I am two years postpartum, so I don't know if it counts as much anymore, but at the same time, um, I think that there is still, I mean, I'm still breastfeeding. So I do think there is, there is some aspect of that. And of course, COVID doesn't make things any easier, but even right back when I, you know, first had Avery and I I first had, um, Harper, um, it, I definitely, I, I didn't experience the blues, like the sadness. I experienced the anxiety and I experienced the anger. I was snippy. I was snippy towards my husband. I was, you know, I would be super sweet and then I would snap all of a sudden and yell and then come back out of it. Um, and you sharing that really helped me to understand that a, this was something that was not me just dealing with and that it was common, more common than we realize. And then when you shared the root of that feeling of powerlessness, that feeling that of just like you, I have a hard time being out of control as well. You know, I, I teach and coach women about getting the control back in their lives through planning an organization and having routines and systems to help you have more control. Cause I do believe that as, as moms, we can have more control than what we, I think, give ourselves credit for or realize, but at the same time, in motherhood, there is a lack of, or there, there is a, a control that we do lose and it slaps us in the face. I really do believe that. And then of course, when we're looking at 
I think, at least for me, when I was looking at my husband who wasn't breastfeeding and I love breastfeeding, I never wanted to give it up. I never wanted to, to use a bottle or use formula unless I really had to, but I would still have a resentment like, you know, because he wasn't breastfeeding, he wasn't waking up in the middle of the night to take care of the baby. He was sleeping through everything. And then I would resent him for that. And you know, look at him like he didn't have to give up any of his life. He gets to leave the house and go be a person outside of this house and go be hi- him without being attached to being a father and a and a husband. Whereas I never got to leave that role. I never got to leave those titles. And that would that would lead to this hurt and resentment and this frustration. And it it kind of takes it takes a toll on the marriage too. So not only are you frustrated with your kids and you're taking things out on your children and you're not enjoying your motherhood, but then there's your marriage too that that can be or is potentially suffering. And I know you've shared, you know, you shared that you were being abusive towards your husband. And I'm sure that was a really tough time for you all. And you've shared um, just the difficulty that you had to walk through in your marriage during that time. But now you also share you, like, y- y'all are just happy little clams, like, <laughs> you know, like it's so cute, <laughs> but in, in all, in all seriousness, you share how you really, as you began to work on yourself, were then able to really begin working in your marriage. And I, I'm sure there are listeners that are listening right now saying, but feeling very similarly, feeling like, they look at they're they're frustrated with their husbands. They're wishing their marriage looked different. They're wishing they're they're they might look at other people's marriages and say to themselves, "Why can't my marriage be the same way?" I know I've been guilty of that. I've definitely gotten a lot better, but we've got some work to do. And I'll be the first to admit, like we're still walking through that journey. And and you share so much great knowledge about that. So how were you able to, um, how are you a- how were you able to work in your marriage during? those darker times and really get to where your marriage is now. Yeah. Well, just to like paint a picture, there were numerous seasons, like those first few years of motherhood where I was fairly positive. I'm not in this for the long haul. Like I'm, I'm done. I'm out. Like, I don't want to be married anymore. I think maybe I chose the wrong guy. Now fast forward a couple of years and I, I'm like, girl, what are you talking about? He's amazing. But in the moment, I just could not see it because I was blinded by things that were going on inside of me that needed to really come to the surface. So I think like one of the biggest shifts for me was going from, okay, it's not that there's a ton that needs to be fixed in our relationship. Although of course there are always ways you can improve, you know, better communication, learn how to set boundaries, learn how to, you know, express your needs. Like those things will obviously make a big difference. But I think the biggest difference for me was realizing, okay, it's not my marriage that needs to be worked on. It's that I myself am not yet whole. Like instead of just waiting for like my marriage to be perfect and to be whole for me to feel better, I have to work on helping myself feel more whole, meaning I have to like run to God and let him work on me. I have to be willing to put in work on myself. You know, it's not just like, okay, God, change my heart, please. And then the next day you wake up different, like you have to really put in the work for it. And so that was the biggest thing for me was realizing if I can just learn how to 
not necessarily like embrace being out of control because you're, like you mentioned earlier, we do have a lot in our control. It's what I had to embrace was the fact that I myself am the reason why I feel so out of control. It's not motherhood that's doing this to me. It's not my husband that's doing this to me. It's not our finances or how heavy I become or, um, you know, extended family. None of those circumstances were the reason why I was feeling so helpless, powerless, worthless, sad, angry, whatever. The reason I was feeling those things was because of what I was believing about them. The stories I was telling myself in my head about them and about myself and about my marriage and my life. And once I really like honed in on, okay, like I've got, if I can learn how to take my thoughts captive, then I can, I can change everything. That was the moment where my marriage stopped being this big problem area. Like there was like a big red flag above it. And I just started really looking at my anxiety as the red flag I was, I needed to work on. Um, so I know I'm kind of, kind of rambling a bit, but really a lot of it just came down to realizing, no, this is a me problem. This is not a we problem. Not to say that there aren't things we need to work on because like I said, of course, there's always things you can do, but those things will only do so much for you if the me problems are not taken care of too. Mm, that's good. I'm wondering if you can expand on, because you you mentioned there were thoughts that you were believing about your marriage that once you brought them back to yourself and realized that it was a you problem or a me problem, um, that then you were able to look at your marriage differently and 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 take those thoughts captive. I'm wondering if you could walk us through an example of what was something that you were believing about your marriage? Like what was a specific thought, if you feel comfortable, <clears throat> excuse me, sharing that, that then what was the specific thought that you realized about yourself or the specific problem that led to the specific solution that brought you back to now the marriage is in a better place or what you were able to then bring back into the marriage that then were, you were able to see differences or results that maybe you were, you were wanting, or you were looking for. Is that, is that question clear? Yes. yes okay. Exactly. And I have like the perfect example. Cause every time I share this example, everyone's like, Oh my gosh, we're there right now. So there, and even more recent, I've experienced this again with us moving and having a baby and just a whole bunch of things happening in our life. It, it has been common for me to carry the, the brunt of the, what would you call house management? Yes. Carry the brunt of like life organization. Just the thing that makes you, that makes life happen. R- like right. The, budgeting, right. the meal planning. The yes. Cleaning. Yes. Yes. And you're yes. Gonna, you're right which, there too. which most women, I'll pause and just write real quickly. Most women, most moms feel the same way. Yeah. They're like, we are carrying the brunt of the household management planning life. Ma- I, I call it life management. Cause like, like you just met, you had trouble kind of coming up with a term. Yes. There is none. There is none. So I've coined it. It's life management, life management. Life management. Um, and that's, but that's so real. So m- most of the mothers, in fact, I, I would say all of the mothers inside my program are struggling with doing, doing it all, feeling like they have to do it all and not being able to share that or knowing how to even do that. So I just want to just stop. Just, I just want to say that because 
I think it's so important for us to hear that it is not an isolated problem because I think most people will think that it's just them, mm-hmm. that it's an isolated problem. So anyway, I'm sorry. Continue with yes. your story. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. So, so yeah, there have been times where like that would just all of a sudden create all of this issue where I would start to lash out and I would be snapping and I would be frustrated and it would come down to this like single thought of, I don't have any help. I'm doing this by myself. He doesn't care. I said single thought. There's actually way more thoughts. (laughs) Clearly it's not just one single thought, but all just based around this idea of like, he should be helping more and I should not be doing this by myself. And no matter how real that is or how true that is, the more that I kept repeating the same story, that same belief over and over in my head, the less inclined I was to, to connect with him, the less inclined I was to be nice to him, the less inclined I was to care about anything other than myself and what I'm going through. Like I was almost like I made myself in my head to be a martyr because of what I had given up as a mom and as a wife and as, you know, the, the stay at home mom, especially, you know, like I, I just, I had just created this idea in my head that I'm doing this all by myself and that he's not around to help. And therefore I should mistreat him. I should be angry at him because that's the only way things will change. That was the narrative I had in my head for a very long time. And like I just submitted earlier, when we were in the middle of moving, having a baby, all the stuff, I started to notice that same narrative popping back up all over again. Where like all of a sudden I'm the one who at like nine months pregnant is packing and unpacking boxes and figuring out where we need to, you know, move things. I'm ordering all the stuff off of Amazon to furnish our house and, you know, buy things for the baby. And he's like, what you want me to do, babe? Like walking in and I'm like, shut up. Like, because I had to do it all by myself. And that's not the realest, (laughs) realest scenario ever. The what do you want me to do, babe? Like, man, I wish we were in like a room of all the listeners because I feel like everyone would have been like, y'all, that's the one right there. Y'all, mine too. Like, it's like the, it's the signature. And they mean so well, but it's, and that'll make you, listen, I've snapped. I'd be like, what do you mean? What do you want me to do? Don't you see what needs to be done? You can't see with your eyes. Like you, you turn into this person, like it's this, 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 and this. <laughs> and it's like, I didn't realize. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. Yes, it's so common. So, so here I am having this happen over and over and over again for like years. This is happening. And then once I realized, you know, like I said earlier, finally it occurred to me like, okay, I have some stuff I need to work through. It has nothing to do with him and probably has everything to do with me. Like once I realized that it became more apparent to me what needed to change here. The first thing being the thoughts and the stories I'm telling myself, because the truth is I'm not doing this alone. It doesn't matter whether the burdens are 50-50 split or whether they're totally not evenly split. The fact is, I'm not doing this alone. He is there. He is helping. It might not be the way that I want him to help. You know, he might be cleaning the attic while I'm like, why aren't you cleaning the sink? <laughs> Look, you know, he might be doing something totally not related to what my priorities are. And yet he is still there. He is still willing to help. The problem is that there were these miscommunications 
where my needs were not being made apparent, my wants were not being made apparent, and I wasn't also creating a system that would set us both up for success. Me having a to-do list and thinking that somehow he's going to create his own to-do list that matches with my to-do list was really silly of me to think. Like, he's not wired the same way I am. He's never had a planner in his life. Like, he doesn't know that kind of life management that we as moms that we more naturally know so I had to really hone in on new beliefs about my husband new thoughts about my life and a lot of those sounded like he is ready to help he just needs direction on how he does want to be my rock he just doesn't know what that looks like right now He does care about me. It's not that he's just forgetful on purpose. He just hasn't developed the discipline of remembering. Like that's just not a thing that he's, that he's embraced yet. And the more the like, I just spoke those things over him and over myself and our marriage, the less I, you know, jump to the first conclusion of he's not loving. He doesn't care. I'm all alone. He doesn't see me. Once those thoughts were out of play and I, and I began to put more effort into believing the other things of, no, like, I just need to help him here. No, like, he, he is capable. I just need to remind him. Or, or I can teach him how to do these things. Or I can create a system where we both are on the same page and we both are functioning as we need to be. Once I did that, the solutions, like you said, became so much more apparent. Like, tackling those thoughts alone all of a sudden helped me be more creative where I was like thinking through like, okay, we're going to try a whiteboard on the fridge that worked for a little while. Then he just looked right past it. Okay. That's fine. I'm not going to fall into, you know, despair because of it. I'm going to create a new idea now or, okay, we're going to start having meetings where we talk through who needs to do what. Okay. We're going to, we're going to decide what are his favorite household chores, what are my favorite household chores and how can we, how can we work our house management in a way where we're both putting effort into it and I don't feel so burdened by it. Um, so I became more creative, more, more able to solve problems instead of just sit and complain about them. And I became more, I would say connected to him because once you eliminate those thoughts of he doesn't see me, he doesn't care about me, then it's a lot easier to be vulnerable. It's a lot easier to engage. And I found myself having conversations like, Hey, like I'm, I'm really feeling down today. Like I'm just feeling like the whole world is on my shoulders. And I was able to say that without saying it in anger. I was able to just say that because he's my partner and he's my best friend. And I know that we're in this together, even though that might not look the way I wish it would look just yet. Um, That was a very, I would say like having those mindset shifts and then seeing the fruit that came out of it in terms of how I was stepping up and how I was taking ownership and solving problems for us. That was a really key thing for our marriage and it helped us tremendously. That's so good. And I I love, in fact, I think it was something that you had shared in MMA too, that when you were talking about, um, the favorites of the household chores was, it was a big one. And, um, that is something when I heard you say that and I connected the way that my, um, my husband and and his Enneagram number, and it was something that we had kind of been doing already, but I kind of broke it down even more because I like to break down household management tasks and teach it in that way of, is there even a part of something that you prefer to do or a way that your brain is wired and thinking more in a way that mine isn't and really playing to those strengths. And I think also too recognizing something that 
I, I would, I would have conversations and we still do have conversations with my husband about, you know, I want to see this from your perspective. Where, where are you sitting? And the way in where he was sitting, he was like, I know you think that everything is on your shoulders. However, there are things that are on my shoulders too, that you guys don't think about that you as women maybe, maybe don't think about, because we do have a tendency to think we think about all these things and they're not thinking about them. True. They may not be thinking about them, but they are thinking about their own things. So for my husband, he was like, there's a tremendous pressure on me to, to provide for this family because right now, you know, I'm, I am not the breadwinner for our family. You know, I'm, I, I, he makes more money than I do. Um, and he, feels that pressure so that I don't ever have to feel pressured to go back to teaching or go back to taking a full-time job and am able to stay home and to homeschool the children and to be the present mom that I want to be. He carries that with him. Um, and he puts a lot of pressure on himself when it comes to work. And so when he's feeling disengaged and disconnected, I, I often take that personally, but it's because maybe he is thinking about what was going on at work and things that he needs to do and, and conversations he was having with his boss or his coworkers. And he's a rock star at work. So I'm like, I don't know why you're so stressed. You're so good. Everyone loves you. But in his mind, he's like, well, I got to keep up that rock star status. He might be thinking about those things, or he might be thinking about the air filters that I may, maybe didn't think about. And all of a sudden he'll order the air filters on Amazon. He'll change them. And he'll be like, I'd be like, babe, what was this $30 Amazon purchase? Oh, I ordered the air filters and changed them. Cause I wasn't thinking about the air filters. I may have been thinking about the toilet that needs to be cleaned. And he didn't care about the toilet, but he cared about the air filters. So I think when we really think about and, and see our husbands for who they are and who God made them to be and how he purposely wired us differently, because if everyone is thinking about the air filter, everyone's thinking about the toilet and the meal plan, but no one's thinking about the air filters and the air filters are going to not ever get changed. Like it's so intentional the way that God wires us. Um, so I, I, we, I was right there with you and we're, we're right there and having those same conversations and, and me working through seeing my husband for who he is and also opening up myself and, and asking him to see me for who I am. I just had a conversation with him yesterday. He was like, you're so defeated at the end of the day. Like, I don't know why you were so defeated. I'm just like, I'm defeated when I have a day where I feel like I was not able to be as productive as I could be. And as an Enneagram three, I thrive in productivity. So if I don't feel like I was being productive and he's not a three, he's a nine, he's not going to understand it, but he's like, but I'm beginning to see that now. And I'm beginning to see how productivity is important to you. And I have to see for him how rest and having space to not be busy is important for him. So right there with you. I know that I just went off on a tangent, but I'm bringing it back to, to ask you how when you began seeing your husband for who God made him to be, how did that change your husband's behavior? And I don't say behavior, but I think, you know, you were able to change your mood and your response to him and the way that you communicated, you began opening up and being more vulnerable. What was your husband's response? I think is what I want to say. And how did you all both kind of rise up and begin seeing those shifts towards each other? Yeah. Well, real quick, before, before I answer that, I do just want to say one of the most powerful phrases, or I guess I should say questions that we started implementing probably three or four years ago was the question, can you help me understand? Ooh. And then like following it up with like, whatever it was that that person was doing that in your mind, you're like, how dare you? <laughs> like, like, you know, like, why would you do that? But instead of asking like, 
are you dumb? Why would you do that? Why didn't you care? Why did, why did you forget that? We started using the phrase, can you help me understand why? And it opened up all of these conversations where just like you said, like you were able to see from their perspective and understand that like very rarely is someone trying to do something maliciously. If anything, I'm the one who tries okay. to do things maliciously. <laughs> like, oh, I see you. I'm going to get you. Like, it, like, it's not that. There's always something underneath the surface. Even if there's like what you would consider to be like this horrible, fatal flaw that you observe in your partner, most likely there are things happening there that if you would just calmly, patiently start the conversation, can you help me understand why you would see results and you would solve the problem? I think that all too often we as women think that we need to yell and raise our voice and be angry to solve our problems because that's the only way things are going to change. But I can tell you after years of doing that, that's not the way to get things to change. Things do not change when I get angry about it and lash out about it. Things change when we get on the same page. And the way we get on the same page is by having those thoughtful conversations. Like even I'll give you an example of like, um, there were so many times where I would notice when my husband was home from work that he was not fully engaged with the kids. And that to me was like, like it, it felt like a punch in the face because I'm with them all week long. You know, this was back before they were in preschool, before we had help, before I was working. Like, I, I mean, I was with them all day long, doing all the play dates, doing all the naps, doing all the diaper changes. And on the weekend, I'm thinking like, great, like he's going to take point. He's going to be so on top of it. And instead I would catch him over and over again, being on his phone, just being on his phone. And and. I cannot like tell you how many times, like I I literally would pick up his phone and throw it. Thankfully, I did not actually like ever break it because that would be more inconvenient for me to have to like go to the phone store and go buy him a new phone. But like there were so many times where I just straight up picked up his phone. I think one time I even opened up the back patio door and I threw it out in the backyard and slammed the door shut because in my mind, I'm so insulted. I'm so, I just can't believe that he's so disengaged. But then after this happening over and over and over again and him not changing, even though he knows that I have this propensity for anger and that I am very likely to throw his phone, something is still happening where he's not changing. I finally asked him, like, can you help me understand what's going on here? Like, can you help me understand why you're home on the weekend, but you're still just wanting to be on your phone and you're not wanting to spend time with us and you're not taking point with the kids, even though you know that I'm with them all week, what is going on? And through that conversation, we realized like he actually is super, super tired, more so than he would dare to admit out loud and more so than I was seeing. I mean, he has worked night shift for now we're coming up on five years. He's worked night shift that whole time. I, I've always wondered if he was getting enough sleep, but this was like when him, this was the first time he ever admitted, like, I'm actually really tired. And on my days off, like today, I'm not drinking coffee like I do during the night shift. So I also have a headache because I don't want to like, you know, have this big caffeine dependency, even though he clearly did. He was like, I'm not drinking coffee. I, you know, I'm, I'm extremely tired. And he's like, honestly, like, I, I can't, I don't enjoy being in the house trying for us to spend time together. Like he's a seven on the Enneagram. So he's a doer. He wants to go out and have experiences. And so us like playing at home together does not last long. Of course, he's going to want to pull out his phone because this is boring as crap to him. So once we like said those things, we were able to figure out together, like, okay, here's our new game plan. 
I'm going to help you try to sleep in at least another hour or so on the weekend. Even though I would love to sleep in, I'm much more of a morning person than he is. So I'm going to give him a chance to sleep in. We're going to make sure he gets his coffee. Like, you know, he's going to start his day off with caffeine, which is so silly, but it truly did make a huge difference. Like he's a very different person when he has his cup of coffee. Me, you can't really tell a difference, but for him, you can. And not only that, but when I am wanting a day to myself or a day to not be fully checked in, my, I consider my job to be like, okay, I'm going to set him up for success by giving them ideas of things they can go do together. So I would send them out to the pet store where they can like go look at puppies together. He'd be gone for like two hours and he'd come back and I would think like, oh, he's going to be so burnt out, so tired. And he's like, we had so much fun. Look at these pictures I took. He loved it. Or I would say, hey, like, why don't you go to the park? Or, hey, can you like go, go to the mall and go pick up this item? That for me is a task that felt super overwhelming to like take two kids to go do but for him it doesn't he it doesn't even occur to him that that would be a difficult thing he just goes and does it and if it's hard it's hard but he comes back and he's a totally different person because of it because he wasn't stuck in the house because he got to spend his day in a way that worked for the way that he was wired and that just came from me asking hey, like, why do you keep checking out on your phone? Can you help me understand? Instead of just snapping it and, you know, like taking it out of his hand and checking it across the room. I needed to really get to the root here. And once we did, everything fell into place. So that was a long tangent, just to like, just to give example of how that phrase can be so powerful. But as far as your question, remind me of your question. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I was like, girl, I don't even remember my question. No, that was, no, but that was so, I'm glad you went off on that tangent because that's very helpful. Um, and you also have me wishing my husband was an Enneagram seven, just not going to lie. I was like, oh man, well, a seven, that would be cool um, to have him. Oh, I just bumped the door. So all the noise that you guys just heard, sorry, um, just to paint a picture for the listeners, I'm sitting on my closet floor. And I get uncomfortable, <laughs> um, but it's where we have the quiet and the sound is good. Um, but no, that, that was, that, that's so helpful. That's so amazing how that question was able to completely change things. And I'm, I'm, I'm in a similar boat of, of asking those, those things. I've never asked it in that way though. I've asked like, I've asked them like, why do you do this? But I love the way that can you help me understand is so much kinder and gentler and really provokes a thoughtful conversation versus kind of like a, why are you like this? Why, why are you doing it like this? And even if you think you are saying something from the, a, a kind place, a gentle place, which I will think that I am, I, my husband tries to help me understand haha, that I being a what, uh, what's the word? I'm, I'm a, I'm a bolder, direct kind of person. I, I've just, that's, I don't have a ton of emotion in my voice sometimes. And it's not me trying to be mean or even being in a bad mood or being angry. I just have one of those like teacher voices or maybe it's not, I don't know if a teacher voice is the right way. Cause I'm, depending on who you teach, if you teach little kids, I could never teach little kids. I can't do, I can't do it all day long. And I teach my own little kids. And I, that, that part of it, I cannot stand. I'm just super like just indirect. I don't know what, what it is. And so he has tried to explain to me and it's hard for me, but I have to be more intentional with the fact that my simple phrases in my tone of voice can feel harsh to him and make him 
clam up, if that makes sense. So I think for me, I need the phrases to to probably rehearse because I will be like, okay, well, how, what if I say it like this? And then I'll say it and it will sound the same to him. But for me, I'm like, I, I, I I was calmer. What do you mean? And then I'll say, okay, what about, like, let's take, for example, like the word, like, hi, like, what if I was like, hi, and he's like, oh, that's hard. I was like, okay, hi. It sounds the same. No, what do you mean? I'm different. <clears throat> Hi. Nope. Still like, it, it's like, you know, like that's for me, like how I talk. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, no, that's, that's too much, which is funny because he's actually the same way. <laughs> it's the, he's an, he's a wing one. It's the one in him, but we both need, I've, so I've told him when you are at, when he would ask me like, why are you in a bad mood? I'd be like, excuse me like what you mean like what you mean to say can you can you say I see that you're feeling frustrated right now what's going on having those phrases and and rehearsing them I think is really important I think we underestimate that because we think it'll be it should be natural for us to just have these conversations or have thoughtful or we think if we have the intent to be kind or to want to understand but we're also coming at it with our own emotions that are feeling frustrated it is going to come out in a way that our spouse is not going to be able to resonate with and they're going to feel defensive and then they're going to lash back and it's going to be this whole thing. So I, I just, I was really appreciative of having a tool, a simple phrase. It's so simple, but it's a powerful tool that can make all the difference in the world. And I'm sure he began to, my question I think was, he began to respond in a different way as well. And I was wondering how did he begin to respond as you began changing your thoughts, changing your approach, how did he begin to respond? Yeah, that was your original question. I love how you just brought it back to it. <laughs> Girl, I'm going to just toot my own horn. It's the journalist in me, okay? I was born to podcast because podcasting Ooh, is yeah. like journalism, okay? I'm just going to, you know, never mind. You were you were meant for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, our listeners are probably like, can y'all get on with the show? I'm sorry, we're having a ball over here. Okay. So to answer your question, immediately, I didn't know that anything was changing. You know, immediately it was actually just more so about me than it was about him. Okay. But I noticed that he was responding differently and our marriage was becoming something different when we were connecting and engaging more in a level that I had not seen since we were like dating to where like he was willing to share what was going on. He was bringing questions about things that he was wrestling with. And it's because he had stopped seeing me as like this feral cat, just like lurking in the corner, waiting to like, like just grab my claws into him and like, you know, attack him. He stopped seeing me in that way. The more calm I was, the more I was working on myself. And he realized like, actually like this, this is someone who I can trust. I didn't realize that for every time I was berating him, um, I was nagging on him. I was complaining about him. I was breaking trust. 
I was breaking that bond between us where we were supposed to be able to be each other's person. You know, he hates when I use that phrase, <laughs> but like, you know, <laughs> when each other's lover, be each other's partner, be each other's best friend. I was breaking that trust with every single incident. And granted, I, in my eyes, thought that he was breaking trust too with every time he forgot things, every time he was careless, every time he said something without thinking. I thought he was breaking trust too. And the secret to us no longer breaking trust with each other was to focus on like what's going on in me and like once I worked on myself and he found the motivation to start you know asking questions about himself we just became so much closer and I noticed that we both were more willing to be vulnerable and to just have fun and to like be on the same page about things instead of make a big deal out of every single thing that goes wrong um it just it really did change it changed the atmosphere of our home that's, that's, that's interesting. That's, that's good. You're, I'm over here with my wheels spinning. Like, okay, like how can, how am I breaking trust? How is he like, what do we need to do? How do we, it's, it, there's, there's so much there. And I, I'm wondering the, the mom that might be listening right now and she might be thinking, okay, you know, I, I want to take these steps and, and I, I'm just feeling like the, that I've, I've lost, I've lost that connection. I've lost the spark. We, we aren't really connecting like we used to and I'm not having fun in my marriage and I want to feel that love and that connection towards my husband. I I want things to feel like they were when 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 we were dating again. What what is what is some advice that you can give um give that mom that that is feeling like I don't even know how to reconnect with my husband in that way and have that same that same giddiness that I had when we were dating. Cause I know I've thought about that even recently. Like I, I love my husband and we, we, we try to connect and we, we try to make room and try to make time for intimacy and, and try to, you know, um, we, we, we definitely try and we are, we are, we, I, but I, I noticed both of us are when we, when we get into our own mind, like when he's thinking about the things that he needs to do and I'm thinking about the things that I need to do and how tired I am and how tired, how tired he is, we lack connection. Like we don't touch each other like that. Um, you know, I might try to kind of walk up to him and touch him or whatever. And then he might, meh, and then I might, he might then try to do it at, at, at another time. And I might, eh, you know, and it, it's, that's not fun. Like, I, I don't want it to be like that. And then I'll, then I'll bring it up to him when we're both in a good mood. I'm like, babe, I really want us to just be more connected and be more intimate, like all the time. And I want us to touch each other and hold hands and kiss in front of the kids so they can see a happy marriage. And and he'll be like, yeah, I really agree with that, babe. Oh yeah. uh And then we'll like hug and kiss and it'll be all great. And that lasts for like 10, you over here laughing. It's true. It'll it'll last for like 10 minutes. And then like the next day, you think we never had that conversation and we'll be like, morning, babe, morning, Mm, you know, kids. Morning, kids. Oh, now we have the energy for our kids. Ah, and the kids, and like, you know, I'll look at him. He's on his phone. I'll be on my phone. How how are you, babe? I'm fine. Hey. You know, it's like, where, where's the excitement there? Like, well, I, 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 how can we get the flame? How can we get the fire? Like, how can I, shoot, I want to enjoy Valentine's Day this year, but what if I'm not feeling it? Like, I want to feel it again and, and have an excitement. And I know everything else you said was, was so good. It, it starts internally. It starts working on ourselves too. But I wonder as we're doing that work in ourselves, because none of that work is overnight. Shoot. The marriage is still happening every single day too, you know, 
and how, and I think also having some fun and having some connection in our marriage, I think can also in turn help us with the work on ourselves. I think everything really is connected and it comes full circle too. So I'm just wondering if you have any advice for those of us that are like, shoot, I look at your Instagram stories and I'm like, they over here having little dates over here, smiling with each other and taking these little selfies and enjoying these days together. I need to enjoy my marriage too. So help, help us out, girl. Help us. Enjoy. Okay. Okay. So I'm, I, I want to give lots of practical advice, but before I do, I do just want to like reiterate that like, it's not just a little nugget, like truly when you work on yourself, a lot of things will change around you. And I noticed this to be so true when the year when I, um, I lost a bunch of weight, I lost like 50 pounds and I did that for me. I didn't do that for him because the whole time he's like, Hey babe, I want you. And I'm like, ew, why? Cause I just wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling myself. That was the problem there. I wasn't feeling myself. I wasn't in love with my life. I didn't feel fun. Just on my own. So that year I started losing weight. I worked really hard to do that. I, um, I began going to Bible studies by myself, just like me and some girlfriends. And they were the kind of Bible studies where you could like have a glass of wine and like, (laughs) and you could just like relax together and just have fun together. And I would come home from those nights and just be like, so in the, like, just in a great mood, in a great mood to where I'm like, Hey, hubby, you want to go upstairs? You know, like it, it Dang. changed, it changed my attitude because yeah. I was doing things for me after so long of, you know, just feeling like oh, I'm just a mom. Everything I do is for other people. The more I did things that like lit my soul on fire and I create a spark in, in my soul and me, that's when I saw more of the spark start to come back in our marriage where like, you know, I would be excited to tell him like, Hey, I just had an amazing podcast interview. And it's something that, you know, that we said, you know, and I I was just so much more willing to share and be open and connect because I was doing things that I genuinely enjoyed. And that really did make me see my life. They helped me see my life as amazing versus a, a big demand or burdensome or too much work. It's too hard. Those were the stories I told myself for so long. And the reason why we need to take our thoughts captive is because when you're telling yourself that, that of course, you're not going to fully love your life. And if you're not fully loving your life, how can you fully love your husband? You know, yeah. like how, like, how can okay. you fully enjoy that relationship? If all that you see around you is just stuff that you wish you would change. Yeah. So once I began to actually change things, like I said, you know, like pursue my passions, um, you know, work on my weight, work on um, my, my, my friendships. That was when I noticed I was way more inclined to connect with him because I was already meeting my own needs in other ways. Um, so that's just like one little side point. No, I think that's that's important though. That's not a side because we we do have to understand that our husbands are not there to meet our needs. First of all, our needs are met in the Lord. Mm-hmm. You pursuing the Lord more is huge because we are going to get our fulfillment from Him 100%. And when we get our fulfillment from Him and we seek Him first, that even is how we're able to get the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us to then take our thoughts captive and to recognize that these are lies that we are believing oftentimes that the enemy will then amplify, right? And really he wants us to stay stuck there. And when we take our thoughts captive in the power of the Holy Spirit, that's when we are able to see that there are solutions. 
we oftentimes can't see the solutions until we take our thoughts captive and then to actually have the the ability to to then pursue the solutions or to to um I don't know if the word is pursue, but to to do them, to to actually take action on them, I think is what I mean to say. That's huge. That's huge. And and you finding ways to to allow, or let's put it this way, to allow allow God to show you that your needs are met in him and there are other ways that he can then meet those needs. He he brought you the Bible study and the girlfriends and showed you that you have passions, you have desires, you want to start this business, you want to pursue dreams and goals and you are allowed to do so. You are allowed to be fulfilled as a person, which is huge because so many mothers believe, especially us Christian mothers, believe that we are not allowed to be fulfilled as people because our role, especially because a lot of the church will teach us that our role is to be a wife and to be a mom and that is the pin that is the that is the pinnacle of our of our purpose as women. And that's it. And then we walk around wondering why we are so unfulfilled. And then we're also told too, well, if you just, when, when you fulfilled in Jesus, you will then be able to be fulfilled in your role as wife and mom. Yes, but it doesn't mean being, being fulfilled in the Lord does not mean that you will all of a sudden be 100, like that, that there's no room for anything else. I think we oftentimes believe too, like, okay, we're reading our Bible and we're praying and we're seeking God or whatever. And okay, why am I not happier as a wife and a mom? Because there's other parts of you that God meant that God wants to fulfill and wants to show you that exist. Mm-hmm. And, and you are allowed to want to go drink some wine and have Bible study with your friends. You are allowed to want to start that podcast, to have that business, or you're allowed to go back to school. You're allowed. If you want to go back to work, if, if that's what you want to do, you're allowed to go work part-time. If you want to go work in a bookstore and be Rory Gilmore, if that's what you want to do. Those are the things that are going to really make some huge changes that are going to all of a sudden, like you said, ignite you. All of a sudden you're excited. You're in this good mood. You're feeling good about yourself because you were reminded that you as a person existed before you became a mom. And I think that is just something that needs to be shouted from the rooftop. So you were said that's a little side point. Girl, no, that is is like, that's the ticket right there. That's huge. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because we need more women sharing this same message because yeah. it takes us getting the messages from several people and places and, and seeing that it's not just Caroline on meant for this sharing this, but it's Jesse from mom empowered sharing this. It's, you know, other people from other platforms sharing this. It's people in the church starting to share the same message so that everyone can see that the way that we've been trying to do motherhood this whole time isn't working. Mm-hmm. And we need to redefine the narrative of motherhood overall, all of us together, you know? Yeah. I think that like a really good, like internal check for yourself is to maybe even look at your bookshelf. Cause I had like this realization one day where all of my books were about how to be an amazing wife, how to strengthen your marriage, how to communicate better in your marriage. And all of those books are amazing and just so full of value, but I had zero books about finding your calling about pursuing your passions, about dreaming big and praying big and, and like Mm -hmm. leaning into Jesus. Like I, like all of my books were about building a better marriage and very few of them were about just becoming a healthier, more joy filled woman, period. Period. And like, you're you're, so right. And I'm not going to try to start a whole side conversation on this, but I will say 
I have never felt the Lord's presence more in my life or like seen his hand over me than when I'm working on my business. I Come don't see that in my marriage. That doesn't mean that my marriage is not holy and sacred and beautiful and amazing. It is. But like, that's not like the fulfillment of my calling per se. Right. The fulfillment of my calling is happening here in this office as he's using my gifts and my passions to change lives and to make an impact for his kingdom. Like, that's where I'm like, oh man, God is here. Like I said, doesn't mean that my marriage is not holy, beautiful, and also ordained by God, but that is not who I am. That is not like all that I am in the same way that this is not all that I am either. But like, this is such a big part of me that to neglect this, to try to have that best marriage ever, like there's, there's going to be a disconnect there. Yep. Yep. You know, because in, or- in order for you to have the best marriage you can have, you're going to need to figure out how to like be the best you that you can be. Mm-hmm. And the best me and the best you are going to look different. Yeah. But it, you know, it's up to us to really like figure out what that is and to see how God can ignite the fire in us in that way. So yeah, so totally. So good. So good. Oh, I could go on, but I know we're, we're, we're running on time here. Can you give us more about what that looked like for, um, for just bringing some fun back into it as you started to really love your life and love your, and just yeah, just love your life. And you wanted, you wanted to connect with your husband more and he wanted to connect with you more. And and now things are really, are, are, are really coming together. What does that actually look like? And how can we, you know, begin to do some of those same things? Yeah. Okay. So something that was really helpful to me was looking back on what did Grant and I used to do when we were dating that like was just the most fun and the most exciting and all of that. Or like, what did we do when we were first married before kids? Like, what was that like versus what I'm experiencing now? You know, like at a certain point after we had had kids and all of that, I realized like I had a very little desire to be touched or to touch. Like I, like my libido was shot. I didn't want anything to do with him like whatsoever, except to help have him help me as a mom. Like I did not really care much for physical touch. And that's his love language, which like that's a lot of pressure to live with. So like I was not meeting his needs. I didn't even know what my own needs were. I just knew that like the bedroom was not one of them, you know, or like, you know, intimacy was not one of them. And but at a certain point, I realized like this is not this is not good. This is not healthy. This is not making either of us all that happy. So I started to look back at how were things back then? What was different back then? And a big thing that stood out to me was like, we were more physical, you know, when we first got married and, you know, especially, you know, when, you know, you're like a newlywed and you're like, Ooh, like, you're like, we have our own house together. You're like, we were, I mean, we were animals <laughs> like Come we on. were all over each other. And like, that was a very big part of our relationship. We were more physical. Motherhood changed that for me, mm. but I didn't want to let that be the thing that would just define us like bring everything to a halting stop period. Like I wanted there to be more, I wanted to find that passion again for myself and for him. And so I think like a really good conversation we had was just like, Hey, real talk. I don't enjoy the bedroom anymore. I don't enjoy sex anymore. And I think that has something to do with my anatomy. I think it has something to do with my hormones, but like, we have to figure out another way to do this. And it actually is so funny that like around that same time, I had a close friend 
like I really admire and and you know she has a lot of like good wisdom to share and I never would have expected her to share this with me but she was like girl you guys need to go get like a vibrator (laughs) I was like what but when she said that I was like oh what if though I had never once considered it I didn't know if that was even permissible I'm like I don't know how that works like is that is that too worldly is that like against Mm. what God wants for marriage and for you know intimacy like I wasn't really sure but once I like really thought about it I realized like okay like if introducing something like this into the bedroom is going to give me a greater desire for my husband a greater a better more pleasurable experience when we're together then maybe it's worth trying So we actually tried it out. I can tell you, we have never looked back since. It has been the thing that like ramps me up and gives me so much excitement for the bedroom in a a degree that I hadn't even had before we had kids. Because even back then, I mean, it really was just like, wow, like I just love this person. I want to be with this person. Now, not only that, but I love this person. I want to be with this person. And it feels pretty dang good. Like I had not had that. So that changed a lot for our marriage. And, you know, and I'm, I'm not afraid to say that, you know, it's kind of like, it's, it's a little bit weird to say out loud because you don't know where people stand on it. Yeah. But I do suggest like everyone like pray about it. If that's something you're considering, mm-hmm. um, think through like, what are your intentions behind it? Is it just that you just want to have something to do on your own by yourself? Cause that's not really going to fuel anything in your marriage or right. is it something that you're going to like implement together and make it about like your union and about your enjoyment as a couple. Um, I think that that was a big game changer for us. Another big game changer was just like being willing to have fun in small increments even though it might be kind of silly. So like we started listening to podcasts together and it became one of our like favorite things where like, I, like I would have an earbud and he would have an earbud and we would be sitting at the park watching our kids play on the playground. And we would literally just be listening to like a comedic podcast. And then we would talk about it. We would laugh about it. We would, you know, we, um, during COVID when we couldn't like go out on dates, we started like having at home dates where we would like find a movie. We would, um, you know, order like food from our favorite restaurant, do DoorDash. And that became like our time to have fun. It became like the, like the most exciting part of my day was the part where we could just relax together and just like enjoy things that we enjoyed way back when. You know, we used to go to the movies almost every weekend before we had kids. And that was really expensive, but it was also really fun because it was an experience we were having together. And like I said, Grant's a seven. He loves experiences. I'm a four. So I actually love experiences too. So like realizing that like we can make, create those experiences at home, but it just might require some creativity, you know, like you might want to light a candle. You might want to, you know, make a, I don't, don't want to talk so much about alcohol that people think that's all we do, but like, you know, like come up with like a new favorite cocktail that you've never tried before and enjoy it together. Um, you know, or maybe if you guys are both into coffee, like trying different coffees one morning and like, you know, sampling each kind and, and then like, you know, sitting down to make lattes, you know, like there's so many different ways you can create more of those experiences. But I think it does often come down to like you being willing to forego all the judgment that you have. He doesn't care. He doesn't pursue me. He, he doesn't put enough effort into this forego that judgment and you will see so much more creativity come to the surface. And when your creativity comes out, you will realize that like that spark that you were looking for was, was right there. It was right there. 
you just needed to, to, to lower your guard down a little bit more to let it come to the surface. That's so good. Jesse, you have shared so much wisdom with us today. I am, I'm already ready to come out of this. This can sound terrible, but come out of this closet. <laughs> Sorry, that just sounds weird. But I, you know, the podcasting closet, I'm over here in this. I'm very much blessed to have this walk-in closet to podcast from, I will say. Um, but no, I'm so I'm so ready to to like go and just pursue my husband in, in greater ways. Um, I'm I'm excited. So Thank you so much. Seriously. I think this is something that we as Christian women do not talk about enough. We don't talk about it enough. And, and when I was going through premarital counseling and something that I've really held on to, my pastors were very open about talking about sex, about talking about the fact that before the children came was the marriage after they leave is the marriage. And we are actually, it's biblical that our marriage actually comes before our children. And that is something that I, um, I teach and I'm going to continue teaching is understanding that while motherhood, when I say motherhood comes first, I want to make it very clear that I'm not saying that motherhood comes before Jesus or your marriage or anything like that, but it's the the calling in the home does come before our calling in the world. That is important because we'd never want to make an idol of any of these things, by the way, we can easily make an idol of our marriage. We can easily make an idol of our children and we can easily make an idol of our calling. And that should never be the case. Jaw. Ja- Sorry. It was supposed to be Jesus. And then it was God. And then it became John. <laughs> I'm Maybe sorry. that's his nickname. My gosh, y'all. Y'all probably. That's like. a street name. <laughs> I hope everyone's enjoying this episode. Um, but God comes first. Our pursuit of him comes first. And in our pursuit of him, he reveals to us what he has called us to do in his kingdom for his glory. And if he's called us to be married, that is a part of that that calling. What you were mentioning about the fact that, you know, you you feel God moving in your business it's the the marriage the part of the marriage and part of God using you in in his kingdom to do the work that you do is able to happen because you have the husband that you have and he is there to to be what you what you need to fulfill your calling and 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 do part of your calling and you're there for him to be able to do part of his calling we we come together as helpers at, for each other that's why God created Eve because Adam needed a helper to fulfill the calling that he had. And then Adam was able to love and cherish and hold Eve as blameless and present her before the church. And she's able to be what she's able to be. That is what the marriage unit is for. But I say that to say that the marriage comes first and then the children come. And we are not able to be even the best mothers that we can be. If our marriage is, is shaky, that's going to, that's going to play a part, you know? And, but at the same time, if, if we're also, you know, struggling in, in the motherhood front, then our marriage may struggle too. All of it comes hand in hand. And our foundation is our home is Jesus in our home. And having that strong foundation is what's going to equip us then go out and do what we are called to do, which is to make disciples of all nations, however God has equipped us to do so. And the beautiful ways that he's called us to, whether it's, you know, with what you're doing in your business, what I'm doing with my business or whatever, wherever it is that he's placed us and called us, it all comes hand in hand. So it's so important. We need to talk about it all the way down to, to the good stuff in the bedroom. It all matters. It matters to God. He created it. He does. He, he takes delight in it. He wants us to 
constant light in it as well. And he calls us to live a life that is so much more fulfilled and joyful and, and just all the things that I think that what, what we're living, I really do think that his heart breaks for those of us that are, there's so many of us that are living a life that is just not what he desired. That's filled with shame and filled with, with heartbreak and filled with overwhelm and burnout and frustration, and resentment. He didn't call us to live that way. And I'm, I'm super excited to, to partner with you um, in this episode and in so many other ways that we partner together to really redefine this narrative in, in God's kingdom. It's, 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 it's such important work and I'm so grateful for you. Yeah, absolutely. Like everything you said, spot on. Agree. Yeah, I stamp it. All right. So before we wrap up, um, I typically ask a couple of fun questions, but you already answered the Enneagram one. I was going to ask you what your Enneagram number is. You already said it was a four. So Mm -hmm. we got that squared away. Do you have a favorite TV show or movie that you are like loving right now that you want to share with all of us? I'm always looking for more recommendations. Okay. A favorite TV show or movie. Ooh. Okay. So right now, um, Grant and I are rewatching Brooklyn Nine-Nine and I had never seen it until he introduced it to me last fall. We loved it so much that we binged it and we just restarted it. Like we've taken like two months off from it and we're rewatching it again because it was that funny. And now I think you can only maybe watch it on Hulu. Um, okay. So that's more like a Hulu show as far as like Netflix. Cause I know that's what most people have. Um, let's see a favorite show. I don't know. I mean, my shows are not the most wholesome. So <laughs> I'm kind of like hesitant <laughs> to like recommend. I have to like think through like what's the rating. Um, I did just watch a really interesting show called dare me. It was about cheerleaders. Okay. Um, that was a really interesting show. Bridgerton. Everyone's all about. Okay. Everyone's all about Bridgerton. I have not watched it yet, but it's on my list. It's on okay. my list, I, but I've heard I it's raunchy. Not, okay. Let me say I have not fully finished it because to me, it's like one of those shows where like you really have to sit and pay attention. And I actually okay. function best when I'm watching a show that I can just have. Oh, that reminds me. The show to recommend. It's such an old show, but I don't even care. I'm actually rewatching Parenthood. Yes, I love Parenthood. Oh, such a good show. <laughs> okay, see, here's the problem. We have Netflix, Hulu, Prime, Disney, HBO Max, and Peacock. And so when you ask me, like, what show are you watching right now? Or what's a favorite show? I literally have to, like, sort through. Like, I have, like, a whole maze in my head where I'm trying to figure out what show am I watching on Hulu? What show am I watching on Netflix? Because I change it up every day based on my mood. But right now, I am hardcore rewatching Parenthood. Um, and that's, show. like, the best show. to ha- If you've already seen it especially, that's, like, a great show to just have on if you're trying to, like, write some content, enjoy your coffee. Mm. Maybe you're taking care of a baby like me um yes parenthood all the way I'm crying so much harder than I was the first time I watched it because I didn't have kids back then (laughs) I love it that's that's a good recommendation awesome yeah I I Parenthood is great. I need to add that to my list of things to rewatch. Currently, my husband and I are rewatching The Crown because we're obsessed. Um, obsessed, yes. obsessed, obsessed. All right, that that's that, those are my two fun my my two fun questions. Or just any gram number. What's something fun you're watching? Um, and of course, you can close this out with where everyone can come find you. And and yeah, yeah. So the place where I love to hang out is Instagram. You can uh, my handle is at Jesse Aredia. Um, another great place I love to hang out is my Facebook group. It's the Mom Empowered Facebook community. Um, I love doing um, 
workshops in there. Um, there's just a really awesome group of women who they love to support each other. We love to have fun together. Um, right now I'm offering free group coaching every single week. This is something awesome. new that I began introducing this month. Um, just after realizing like not everyone is ready to jump into a coaching program. You know, yeah. right now I have a six month coaching program. And not everyone's ready for that. Maybe they want a taste of coaching. Maybe they want to dip their toe into coaching. And so I'm offering free group coaching every single week um, to get the information about that. You can just join the Mom Empowered Facebook group. I post all the information there. Um, but those are two amazing ways to hang out with me, as well as just listening to the Mom Empowered podcast. Um, I release episodes weekly, and you have been a guest on the podcast a couple of times as well. And that has always been fun. Um, so yeah, that's that's where you can find me. Awesome. Thank you so much. Love it, Jesse. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you today. It was so much fun. I felt like we were just two friends hanging out, drinking coffee and laughing. Exactly. <laughs> I hope y'all are fine with it. But this, you know, everyone needs to find themselves a Jesse slash a Caroline, a relationship like this in their lives where yeah. y'all can just can, can just go there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we can just go there while we have hundreds of people listening. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's what we all need. All right. Thanks, girl. Thank you for listening to Meant for This. You can check out the show notes for this episode at carolinejsumlin.com slash blog. If you love what you heard today, I'd love it if you left me a five-star review on iTunes and subscribe to the show. Also, I'd love to hear from you. If you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of today's episode was by taking a screenshot of you listening to the show, sharing it to your Instagram stories, and tagging me so I can see it and connect with you. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. I'll see you next time.